This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. My name is Alex, and I've been diagnosed with anticipatory anxiety. All right, so check this out. This is pretty sick. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's sick, but it's sick that I'm dealing with it. Uh, so... After a long time, I mean, after this is years and years and years of knowing that something wasn't right in my brain, I finally decided in 2020 to get a therapist for the first time ever. It was really thanks to some specific people in my life, Ron Starr, who's been on our podcast before, uh, my girlfriend Madison, family and friends outside of that who were all like, yeah, you should get a therapist. It's not lame. It's not weak. It's not stupid or or embarrassing to have a therapist. You should do it. And I finally was like, okay, cool. And I'm going to shout out my therapist because he's dope. And his name is Phil. Shout outs, Phil. Uh, and within one conversation with Phil, he had told me that I had anxiety and we kind of started pinpointing exactly. I don't know if it's like a type. Honestly, I'm going to I want to preface as I do with all of our mental health episodes that I am not a therapist. This is why I have therapists come on the show. So I kind of use human terms. So he was trying to pinpoint like what kind of anxiety I had. And we came up with this conclusion and this diagnosis that I have anticipatory anxiety, which means that the anxiety that I have is from anticipating what potentially might happen uh, and kind of projecting what may come and really freaking out about it before I even have a chance to like go through it. I really don't know if that's normal. I don't know how common it is. That's just how it went. And as soon as he started telling me what could potentially be symptoms of anticipatory anxiety, I thought this man knew my life. Like he is spitting everything that I go through on a daily basis from worrying if my friends still like me or if they have a problem with me or uh, worrying if my girlfriend's actually mad about something or worrying about my parents' health for no reason when they're both very healthy, fortunately. Uh, And it really was like uh, this door opened and... 
while I still have anxiety and I most likely always will, I was allowed to see it and go, oh, that's that's just my anticipatory anxiety. So on an everyday basis, as soon as I start freaking out about something now, I've worked through ways that I deal with it with my therapist. But more than those ways, it was just nice knowing that I'm not like crazy but it was just nice knowing that I didn't have to deal with this alone and that what I was dealing with is actually uh unfortunately very very common especially after this last year I think it uncovered for a lot of people or it really started brewing up in a lot of people anxiety so that got me thinking with the way that the world is today uh, is anxiety mandatory Yo, what's up? It's Alex Iono. This is my podcast. Let's get into it. And we are going to get into something that's very, very personal. Uh, We've spoken about it quite a bit on this podcast, but it is something that we wanted to highlight today, and it is anxiety. We are talking about all different types of anxiety, all different symptoms of anxiety, all different situations, and and the way that anxiety kind of takes over a lot of people's lives in the world. Uh, And when I say we, I mean my two amazing guests and I. First up, I actually know this person. Usually it's the the first (laughs) guest is is a stranger. But the first guest, uh, she is starring in ABC's American Housewife. She's on the Disney Channel original movie series Zombies. She's also an amazing singer. She released her debut album, Trust, in December of 2019. Uh, We also pranked uh, one of my uh, previous hosts on Radio Disney, Candice, and she's just just a chill-ass vibe, honestly. That's what we're going to just say. Chill-ass vibe, chill-ass individual, the one and only Meg Donnelly. How are you, Meg? Hey, I'm good. It's good to see you again. Virtually. Good to see you again as well. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you are another person of influence who is open about their experiences in the mental health world. and uh, And I'm super stoked to talk about it with you. And I'm glad that even though both of us are entertainers and we deal with anxiety ourselves, we don't have to be the experts here. We got an expert here, so we don't have to worry about it. Um, and it's our other guest. She is a therapist practicing in Los Angeles. Only for a, for a short while in Los Angeles. She just told us she's moving to New York. Sure am. Specializing in the treatment of obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD. Also specializing in anxiety disorders and body dysmorphic disorder, BDD. Uh, in addition, she is a writer with Psychology Today and Very Well Mind. Her Instagram account is obsessively ever after and she advocates for all things mental health on that instagram that was a big mouthful allegra castens how are you hi i'm good how are you i'm doing well i'm excited to be talking with you because it seems like you really just do it all and you know it all i know i don't want to make you big shoes to fill but (laughs) it seems like you're doing enough that we can have some uh, some real conversation and talk about it yes Uh, Today we're talking, we got three topics. Uh, the way that the podcast goes is first, uh, Meg, you and I are going to be going one-on-one and we're going to be talking about everyday anxiety, dealing with it on a daily basis. We'll take a break and then when we come back from that break, Allegra and you and I are going to be talking about toxic thoughts on loop, kind of really deep diving into um the more serious side of mental health issues, specifically anxiety. Uh, And then lastly, mandatory anxiety. But before we get into those, I have a question that I ask all of my guests. And that question is, what are you doing to improve yourself this week? Um, It's currently Friday. It's been five days. Saturday and Sundays are kind of like my junk food days and my like chill out days. So I didn't want to start my New Year's resolutions until Monday. Um, And so this week is actually exciting because uh, I had all of my New Year's resolutions, which I'm proud to say I have stuck to 
the first week, and there were a lot. One of them was not procrastinating, so I did that. I did, um, usually I'm up until the wire filming my YouTube videos at the very last minute and then posting them. I got that video done a day early, which I was hyped about. I've been eating healthy all week long, except for it was my girlfriend's birthday this week, and I had my cheat meal with her, which I was allowed, um, and that <laughs> I allowed myself. Nobody's holding me to eat healthy. And then lastly, my biggest thing was flossing. I went to the dentist and miraculously had no cavities after being terrible in 2020 about my flossing and I knew that it was a sign from the heavens that I need to floss more because I wasn't going to get that opportunity to have no cavities again after not flossing much so I've been flossing every night and every morning which I usually do like me I was pretty much like a morning flosser but now I floss at night too and that's cool it may it's a big difference you sleep really well with some some clean teeth <laughs> but now that you have an example meg what have you been doing this week to uh to better yourself this week um this week i've been trying to like be more active exercise is not like the greatest thing in the world but um <laughs> uh, it's first-hand experience i agree right um so i've been just trying to motivate myself i like dancing so that's fun but like besides dancing i've been trying to do that like my new year's resolutions have just been to just kind of go with the flow i mean especially now like everything is just so up in the air and everyone's like oh actually it's gonna be next month or you know those types of things so <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to let loose and i am like an avid overthinker so just trying to mm -hmm. go with the flow and this week has actually been pretty good with there just we go like you know what like still hard at work still doing everything but at the same time kind of just letting everything fall into place at least i'm trying and you know that's what week, matters new year it's been good so the first week hey as long as if you can crush through the first week then you're i, mm -hmm. I call it a win i call the resolution a win mm -hmm. yeah I'll take the win. Uh, Allegra, what about you? What have you been doing this week? So I'm going to take a different spin on this question. Okay. So I'm going out on a limb here, but I have basically been surviving this last week because I am moving to New York next week. And I think sometimes we feel a lot of pressure, especially in the new year to constantly be improving ourselves. Mm. And especially if someone's dealing with anxiety or any other mental health issues, along with big stressors, just surviving is good enough. So that that's is a, what I've been doing over the last week. That's like Preach. the top, that's a top tier therapist answer right there. And also <laughs> I, as, as amazing as the answer is, it's not even an uncommon answer. Like I, no. we've had a lot of different people coming on the show and they say the thing that they've been doing is letting themselves kind of letting themselves enjoy whatever comes their way or the way that I've been surviving this week is how I'm improving is if I need a giant milkshake every day of the week or every meal, that's what it is. So yeah. I love that. Um, surviving in itself is improving, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Well, let's crack straight into it. Uh, we will be talking with you in just a bit, Allegra, but Meg, it's time for us to go one-on-one. -on -one. Um, All right. Like I'd mentioned before, you have been very, very influential in the space of opening up about your anxiety. Um, it's been mm. a couple of years uh, since you did that. But you also mentioned when you, when you did talk about and open up about your mental health, you had talked about how you had it since you were little. Um, mm. what about the time in which you decided to speak up about your mental health, uh, made you want to speak about it then and there? Yeah, I didn't really 
speak fully out about it and started like really advocating until this quarantine because mm. I kind of just, you know, being stuck in your room, uh, looking at social media all the time, like I was seeing so many people were going through the same thing. And especially during these times, a lot of people were more open about it and kind of just asking for help, kind of being like, yo, like what what's going on? It's like such a scary time, you know? And I was like, wow, like, all of these people, like if I open up about my story, like maybe I can help at least like one person and that would make me so happy. Because mm. um, growing up, I always thought that I was alone. Like I thought that nobody else was going through anything remotely like me, which was mm. so false because <laughs> like it's not true at all. But I just felt like I was, like you said before, like I felt crazy. Mm. Um, and so I none of my friends really knew about it actually i guess i'm like a happy person it's not like it takes over my life but like i do have anxiety and panic attacks like all the time so um yeah it's just really weird it's like because you know you say you have anxiety and people are like what no you don't like you don't look like it and i'm like right. well okay cool thanks for that <laughs> you know so i never felt like i had to talk about it because it was something that I always just did on my own and luckily my parents are like the best people in the world so they helped me so much and my dad studied psychology in college so that was pretty helpful because <laughs> he was kind of like oh I see what's going on here I um, get that I know that look yeah but it was funny because growing up my my parents really didn't think just like all those other people they were like there's no way it's even remotely possible that she has anxiety. Like she's such a happy kid. So they, it was hard for them too. Cause they kind of, you know, they didn't want to believe it and they really didn't think anything of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for them. And when I was little, I went to a therapist as well. Mm. So I kind of at a young age realized that like therapy is so normal and completely okay. And you shouldn't be ashamed about it. But I think that's so awesome that you got, yeah, I think it's amazing that you, you were exposed to it so early. I think it's a big, a big issue. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I wasn't exposed to it that same amount. I didn't even know that my family members or close friends were going to therapy until I said, oh, I just started going to therapy. And my family members were like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been doing it for years. And I was like, what? bitch, why didn't you yeah. tell me? Like, what the, what? Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, too, you, and you had highlighted it a bunch, which was what anxiety looks like, right? Like, you kind of, mm. you had mentioned, like, well, people will say, like, well, you don't have anxiety. You don't look like you have anxiety. Or you don't. And especially for somebody who gets to experience adventure and 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 their job is to live a, an exciting, always fun, on your toes. You're at award shows. You're doing this. You're doing that. You also, at least from my experience, it comes up that you start feeling kind of, uh, shameful that mm. you are experiencing these things. You're like, well, why do I have anxiety when I live the coolest life? Like I, yes. I'm talking, I'm meeting celebrities and I'm acting on movies and, and all of these awesome things are happening. Like I shouldn't, like it, it's wrong for me to feel anything bad. And so then you also start thinking that also feeds into the, I am unique. Nobody understands what I'm going through because nobody gets what I'm doing. Of and as, as you become, and this isn't even in our field in the entertainment realm, but I think as you become an adult, and your life starts shifting and it's so unique compared to your friends. Like you're going through things and you're breaking up with people and you're dating specific people and your job is specific and everything feels specific. You start feeling like your emotions become specific and nothing else is relatable, right? No, it's so true. I feel like a lot of times people compare themselves to others like without even noticing it. And it's like they're going through so much worse than I am like and they're fine. 
Like how, how am I still, you know, struggling day to day, but Mm -hmm. no one has the same brain as you and like no one is exactly like you. So it's your life and it's your journey. So you just have to, even if there's a party and you feel like you're going to miss out because there's so many people there, but you know, you're just having an anxious day and it's just Mm -hmm. not a good day for you. Like you should just look out for yourself. Like you shouldn't be worried to be like, Oh, if I don't go, like what if people, cause I used to do that all the time. Oh man, absolutely. It's not, not the one. (laughs) Speaking, speaking exactly to that. Um, and I, and we talked about how there's no there's no look for anxiety. Like I feel like Mm-mm. if people were to like make up a look in their head of what anxiety was, it'd be like I don't know, like chattering teeth. I don't know, but like yeah. there is no image of what anxiety actually is, right? Like for me, no. anxiety like to me looks exactly the damn same as everything else in my life. Like I've I, if anybody has a great anxiety poker face, it's me. It's your boy. Like I literally, yeah. could, <laughs> I could be on stage. Like I've been, and, and I'm sure you feel the same thing too as a. Oh. As a performer like you could be on stage being like follow your dreams do this and internally you're literally like i think i might shit myself (laughs) tomorrow like i don't you have no idea right and so for for you specifically just for the listeners to know i think it'd be awesome to continue sharing with people what our anxiety looks like so what for Mm. you what does anxiety look like or what kind of symptoms do you do you regularly experience yeah you're so right because a lot of people, when they think about anxiety or panic attacks or anything in that vein, they think like it looks like a panic attack, like someone's just like melting down. Like that's what it looks like. But literally for me, it's like every day, like my mindset is just kind of, it's just who I am. It's the way my brain works, you know? And Mm. like, it's just something that you have. It's, I don't know. And there's so many different variations and colors and no one has the same experience. That's why I feel like it's so easy to feel alone. For me, it's very strange, but heat is like a huge trigger for me. Mm. Every time it's like really hot out or I start sweating or something, or sometimes I'll literally just be walking and it's just all internal. Like Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like whatever. And I'm smiling, but on the inside, I'm just kind of like, you know, very tense. So yeah, it's so hard to like, pinpoint what your kind of anxiety looks like so have you had any moments where like somebody close to you whether family friends whatever um like i've Mm -hmm. had this with my family or with my girlfriend they've both pointed out things that i didn't even know i would do and that's how they kind of started realizing they're like you know what i can tell that when i i guess i do a, a fast smirk like like and they could tell that that's something like it's just like a weird thing that I, they're like, oh, OK, cool. I know that something's up when you do that. And most of the time mm-hmm. it's that you had mentioned heat for me. It's silence. Like I my roommates know mm-hmm. this for sure. Like I'll come into their room randomly just if, 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 if nobody's making noise, if I'm not around. And it's weird because it's the same thing with being by myself, either being by myself. I have the most fun in the world. Like I can joke and I'm laughing. Yes. Nobody around you think that I'm like a like I'm literally like a lunatic. Or I am, I'm having the most insane, like, I can't get out of bed, Spiral. like, spiraling mm-hmm. down. That's so interesting because one of the things during this whole quarantine period, it made me realize how I w- wasn't even, like, acquaintances with myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was, like, sitting in my room like, yo, like... I need to do so much work. Like what? It, I realized that I was seeing all these people and like leaving my house all the time just to distract myself because I'm like, yo, I'll deal with this later. Absolutely. And like this really forced me to like sit down and be like, yo, I need to figure out how I can be by myself because like it's 
hard, you know. But <laughs> so I totally feel you. I I would imagine that you obviously you you've spoken. You said that this was something you were dealing with last like last year. You start becoming friends with yourself, or you becoming more acquainted with mm-hmm. yourself. And so I want just for listeners out there who might be. Mm-hmm on the front side of it and haven't necessarily crossed over to that. I'm mm-hmm. we're going to talk to Allegra about tips and all of that, but I can guarantee mm-hmm. and I think you can also guarantee that getting to that other side and being able to sit with yourself in silence and being able to like laugh at yourself. I, one of the biggest things that I do that my therapist taught me is anytime I have it, I ask myself like what am I not loving about me right now? That's Mm. making me think that's making me project into the future. And so like I'll ask myself that all the time and it becomes like a joke in my head. And I know that I don't want if you think or talk to yourself that you're totally normal. I think it's the most normal thing. I I think it's incredibly fun all the time. I'll talk to myself (laughs) like I literally my roommates will come in and be like, bro, who the hell are you talking to? (laughs) And I'll be like, it's me, baby. (laughs) That is so funny. Like I'll be in the shower having full conversations yeah, I call myself bro. I'm like, bro, what are you even thinking right now? And I'm like, yeah. I don't even know right here. Yo, I can't believe that. That's. So I want to change. I want to change the subject, and I promise we're gonna find ourselves circling back. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen the Katy Perry documentary? No, I haven't. Is it okay. good. Uh, I I'm I'm not necessarily one to say, but there is one segment in the Katy Perry documentary where she mm. is in the middle of getting divorced. And she's bawling her eyes out. And she's literally under the stage. So she's bawling her eyes out, right? And then she like literally goes, and she just turns it on, this Katy Perry smile, right? Mm. I want to, the reason I brought this up is because the next question I have for you is more specific for you and for me as well. Because I remember when I first saw that, I hadn't, I hadn't seen a therapist yet, but I had started feeling kind of those darker thoughts and those darker feelings that I wasn't Mm. used to. And in my mind, I thought, okay, something's wrong with me. But after seeing Katy Perry do that, I thought that's how you do it. You just kind of breathe twice and then you smile and you're good to go and you can keep working. You've been acting since you were a kid. Uh, You're obviously very well versed and very experienced in the industry. How has your mental health, the anxiety, the darker moments uh, affected or impacted your day-to-day life as an entertainer, being on stage. Mm. Maybe you're working, like you had mentioned, you're on set and you feel like hell and you don't want to do anything and everybody hates mm. you in your mind and all of these things. These are things that mm. I've dealt with specifically. Yep. Then, and I don't know if you've dealt with those as well, but it definitely can affect your day-to-day life, especially in the workplace. We happen to work in the entertainment business. How has it affected you and your career? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, like growing up, like I would go to like three or four auditions a week in New York. And there's so many auditions that I would do that I would just get in the room and just I would just be a mess. But you'd kind of have to turn it on as best as you can. And especially when I was younger, it was so much worse. But now there'll be moments on set where there's a lot of pressure because also at the same time, like whether you're singing or acting, like there's so many people involved just behind the scenes. So like, if you are like, yo, like, can I just take a second to cool off? You're making all those people wait. And you can totally do that. But in my mind, I'm putting more pressure on myself Mm because I was like, oh no, like I don't want them to wait around. Like they have families at home. I just need to get through it. But there's moments on set where I'll be in like a middle of a scene and you know when you start kind of panicking and like the whole room becomes a little bit more sharp. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know in movies when like people are kind of hallucinating and like it kind of focuses in and out and they're like breathing heavy. You know that? Yeah. And you look around and there's been so many times where I thought I was going to have to be like, yo, 
I'm going to, I'm going to dip for a sec. Like I need space, but you know, for me, like I always see it as kind of like wins, like, like battles almost. I always saw it like that when I was younger. So mm. performing made me less anxious, but it also made cause anxiety at the same time. It's like right. a weird loophole, but when I would get on stage, everything would kind of go away. But if I could, I would get so anxious because I was always afraid about being on stage and I never had stage fright before. So I was like, what is going on? Like, what, what is happening to me? And I would get on stage and I'm like, yo, I just need to win. And I need mm. to like win this battle. So then when I would come off stage, I was like, it feels so good because not only are you getting up in front of people and you're singing and you have to worry about everything going on, you're also dealing with like, a whole mm -hmm. other separate thing. You're like fighting with yourself at the same time. So I'm like, if I can overcome that, I can, yo, I can put my mind to anything, you know? Right. Well, that's the thing too, is luckily we are very, very fortunate that we get to do what we love, right? We're doing mm -hmm. what we love regularly. Oh, yeah. um, but it's also our job, you know? And so some days, mm -hmm. even though we don't necessarily feel up to it or or we're not necessarily feeling our, our best selves, you still got to show up. You still got to do shows. I've done countless shows where it was Katy Perry-esque. I've never gotten divorced, you know, and found out about it an hour before the show. But <laughs> I've had dark, you know, like a really bad, bad day. And I'm in my yeah. mind, I'm like, well, I don't have the option. I have to go and perform this show. And, and you talk yourself into it and you get into it. And, and I also wanted to point out that it can definitely feel, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're saying like you're, you're in and out of like blurriness and something's really sharp and you're identifying things and it mm -hmm. can be that big of a thing. But I've also noticed that sometimes, I've also noticed though that sometimes it's just, it's it could be a simple tiny thing as well that I've, that yep. I've luckily this last year, I've learned to understand, you know, I've done virtual tours since we've gone into pandemic and, and I'll be mm -hmm. in the middle of it and it won't be as something big as that. It'll just be something that's like, me saying like you sucked that song that song sucked everybody knows that it sucked and it'll just be a random tiny little seed in my head that you mm -hmm. can allow to grow into this big thing and kind of loom over you for the rest of the show and so yeah at work like yo i messed up like i i like i can't keep going but like i have to and you think yeah. everybody noticed it and you're like and, yep. and you and everybody's chatting to each other like and they're oh my all gosh lying. did you notice that alex that alex messed up and then yeah. You, yeah you talk to your team afterwards and you're like man i sucked right there and they're like dude nobody noticed it and you're just like you're lying because you you make a certain percentage off of, like <laughs> you can expand that and you can take the tiniest seed like a missed mm. note or a flat a flat you know chorus and make it this grandiose thing and yeah. and that's not only in the music world that can be in, in if you send an email Anything. if you're at work and you send an email and somebody goes oh you actually messed up it's this if you have the wrong mentality, you could turn that into a, I'm going to get called into my boss's office right now and get fired. Like, it's a guarantee. Yeah. And so oh, totally. um, in a career in general, it can mess up. But it also can mess up, like, in the personal life. Like, I know that I was so fortunate. I mentioned in my story earlier that my girlfriend was somebody who taught me, who was, like, who held my hand through the process and was like, it's okay. She'd never been to therapy, but she was full-blown, like, I really want you to go to therapy. Don't worry. But until we had done that, we had gotten in fights that I can now go back and identify were 
my anxiety getting the best of me and 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 yeah. overreacting to something and then also pinpointing i go back to my older older relationships and i identify like oh i didn't have trust issues i had really bad anxiety that i pinpointed as trust issues when in reality mm. i don't i don't have as many trust issues as i thought i did i just get really anxious when i'm by myself that i start thinking well what is she doing and then i come up with this whole thing it's not trust issues i just mm. didn't know how to be by myself you know what i mean and it was yeah. just my uh, my mental health for you how has your anxiety uh gotten in the way of your relationships it could be in love life or it could just be in your friendships as well I mean for me like when I was younger I used to be one of those annoying like over texters because I just thought that everyone was just on like, their phone all the time <laughs> yeah I thought everyone hated me and I was like I'm sorry did I do something wrong like whatever like I was one of those but I yeah, I used to be, I think I'm better now with my friends. Like, I just want to make sure that everyone's good and everyone's okay. I'm like, if you would tell me, right? Like, whatever. But um, I also think on the point that, like, your girlfriend has been there supporting you so much. Like, when I was younger, like, I never wanted to open up to people. Even now, it's so hard to talk about it with people just because, like, I always get back to a habit of being like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, that's all I'm able to say, like, when we talk about it. But really opening up to people because I was always afraid that if I opened up to someone that my whole life, like, they're just constantly going to be like, are you okay? Like, oh, like, do you need this? Like, whatever. And I, I didn't want to. I just wanted to just, like, have fun and forget about it, you know, but it's not like that at all. Having someone there makes you so much more comfortable. Like if you have a person who knows what you're going through and you're out with them in public, for me, it's almost like a safety blanket because I know that if something goes wrong, they'll be there and they're going to help you like no matter what, even though I still apologize every five seconds, but it's okay. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I'm still working on that. That's a good point though. That's you, you go to therapy, right? And, and I want to point yeah. this out because a lot of people haven't been to therapy or are nervous about it or are, are skeptical mm -hmm. about it. You had pointed out like, I'm still, I still say sorry. Like I still have insane freakouts and overthinking and all of this stuff. And, and so that's kind of before we take this break, I want to point this out and, and, and say it with you that there's there's two sides of it. One, there's no kind of um, finish line, I guess. There's no like goal, like good job. No more anxiety. You're done. Go home. You're good for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's not it's not possible. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a misconception. Mm. But two, it is if you are consistently trying to, uh, as my manager uses the term, do the work. Like if you're consistently trying to do the work to better it, mm -hmm. it does get better. And I think that that's something that I always try and pinpoint when I talk to anybody, whether I'm open about it, because it is still like you had mentioned, like, even though I'm open about it on social media, sometimes my girlfriend will be like, well, how's therapy today? And I just don't want to like, I'm just like, I don't uh, like, ah, uh, like it was good. I don't really want to talk too much about it. And sometimes I want to talk about it. And it's like, it is that's this okay. breathing, flowing process. Don't you agree? I totally agree. Yeah. And especially like me and other people that I know, like, just with opening up about it and talking about it with your close friends, a lot of times I, I feel like I'm almost like a burden sometimes. Mm, like, yeah. I don't know, like just always being having to talk about it and being like, oh, like, I don't know. Sorry. Like, I'm sorry that I'm putting this on you. Like, this is stupid. But it's really not. Mm. Your close friends and the people who love you for you will 1000% and therapy. Your therapist, they're there for that. You know, you don't have to apologize because they want to help you. And like mm. the people you love want to help you. So it's still processing in my brain that it's like, yo, like you're good. Like you can talk about it and it's not a bad thing. I just want everyone to know that you're not because 
on the other side, it's really funny when you're going through something and then someone tells you the same exact thing that you're going to and you're like, no, you're fine. But I'm like, why don't I treat myself yeah. that way? <laughs> oh you know my what gosh, I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Where you're like, oh dude, don't yeah. even sweat it. And then when it's your turn, you're like, don't tell me not to sweat it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going like, to sweat I, it. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, man. like you're not alone and you're 1000% not a burden. You're just human, you know? Absolutely. Um, as the last yeah. question before we take this break, you obviously mm-hmm. have a following and and because you're open about it, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who reach out to you about their mental health. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. unless you are up 35 hours of the day, <laughs> you can't necessarily get back to everybody. You can't respond to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so right now on the podcast, I would love for you to just give your advice to anybody who's following you or following me who's having trouble managing their anxiety. I think that there's a lot of people who, who would love to hear um, that overall advice. Mm. Well, the things that have helped me a lot, like personally, I don't know, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but things that have like really helped me and like my journey is like writing it down, like writing down my thoughts or Mm. even, I mean, I speak to myself all the time and saying it out loud because sometimes I'll start spiraling and when I say it out loud or I speak to somebody or I write it down and I look at it and I really like hear it, I'm like, yo, like, why was I thinking like that actually is like ridiculous like what am I doing you know so I kind of just put it all on paper and it's not as scrambled I guess Mm. and then you kind of realize like oh and also for me even though I don't like exercising it's like the worst but for me I just do like dance parties in my room something to just get the heart going and you kind of just like you know, get those endorphins running and kind of get all the negative energy out. It makes me feel so much better. But, mm. can, you know, just sitting in your room all day, like it for me, at least, like that's when I start to overthink things and all that stuff. So I've never I've never written them out, but I'm definitely going to do that because that sounds like a great idea because yeah. you have moments of of this like kind of almost it's not necessarily you and then you go back mm-hmm. and you read them and you're like oh yeah that's that none of those things are valid it was just this or you could find something yeah. where you're like oh that is a valid fear like let's figure out why we feel like that you know exactly and then when you look back you can see all of your progress and you can mm-hmm. see and or if you run into the same problem over and over and you keep like going back you're like yo i what like i need to mm-hmm. i gotta figure, figure out out. what this is yeah because it Absolutely. keeps coming back so that's um, perfect yeah that's helped a lot well we're gonna take a quick break but meg thank you so much one for being here but more importantly for Thanks. being an being another influence who is open to discussing mental health and discussing firsthand what it's like uh, I think it's it's something that we definitely need more of and uh, and I'm excited mm-hmm. for us to talk all together at the last segment on Yay. more of this but we'll be right back the following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com 
Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, we are back. This is Let's Get Into It, and we are now talking with Allegra Castens. Um, if you missed the intro, you've got to go back and listen to it. Uh, you are our expert today on the subject mm-hmm. of anxiety. Um, you're also a therapist and an yes. OCD advocate. Tell us a little bit before we get into some questions. I just want to know why you do what you do and how you kind of came into this mm-hmm. uh, this community on Instagram as well. Yeah, it's definitely a very specific niche. And when I was growing up, I dealt with a ton of mental health symptoms that I just mm-hmm. didn't have words for. Like my family didn't go to therapy. We didn't talk about mental health. Looking back, I struggled with binge eating and anxiety and panic attacks that moved into anorexia when I was 19, but I just didn't have the language for any of it. I didn't really understand that therapy existed and that it was something that could help me. Mm -hmm. But the real thing that kind of changed the course of my life was a little bit later on, I, I can remember the exact day that it happened. I was 19 and I was at work one day and I had this intrusive thought pop into my mind And it was the most terrifying thought I could ever think in my entire life. And from that point forward, that thought just started replaying in my brain all day long. And for a year and a half, I had no idea what it was that I was struggling with, but eventually found out that it was obsessive compulsive disorder. But my struggle with OCD and me getting help in therapy eventually changed my entire life and it changed what I wanted to do with my life. You know, the particular theme of OCD that I have is kind of stigmatized and a lot of people don't understand it. So I wanted to be that person that can help others in the same way that I was helped because it honestly saved my life. Like, I do not know that I would be here if I didn't access help. Wow. That is, I mean, I'm just doing a side note. We need to do a whole episode on OCD because we have to, we we got to do it. So let's, let's set that up, Catherine. Um, but let's get back. Since we since we've now set it in stone, we're gonna do an OCD Anxiety. episode. Yes. Um, you are a therapist, and mm-hmm. your job isn't to only accept patients with a specific, you know, problem. Mm-hmm. Like you have yeah. anybody comes in, and whoever walks through that door tells you what they're going through, and it's your job to really identify it. So you've probably, I would assume, have seen everything from A to Z across the spectrum. Yeah, I've seen quite a few things for sure. So what, in your mind, makes anxiety? kind of different or specific or uh, what about anxiety really pops out to you versus everything else that people have come to you with and all the other mental illnesses and and, uh, mental health disorders? So this is such a good question and it's complex, but I'm going to break it down kind of in specific parts. So anxiety is something that everybody experiences to some degree. Like we all have a little bit of anxiety because essentially our brains are wired in that way. Mm. You know, you hear about like, think back to caveman times when that fight, flight or freeze kicked in and it would actually save people. So anxiety does have kind of an evolutionary like value or benefit because it can help keep us alive. 
kind of like earlier you said mandatory anxiety. You know, sometimes we do feel anxious and there is danger in front of us. Mm -hmm. So we all experience anxiety to some degree, but people with diagnosable anxiety disorders, the anxiety is excessive. Like the amount of time spent worrying about something is excessive and it impairs their functioning. So you might see like somebody getting a lack of sleep. Um, they might be, I mean, there are so many different things like rapid heart rate, tension, like you were talking about, Meg. And these things are persistent. It's not just a mild anxiety that passes. It really impairs someone's functioning. And with anxiety, essentially what it is, is our brain is trying to alert us of danger. Mm. However, often with anxiety disorders, danger actually isn't present. So our mm. brain is firing that like fight, flight or freeze response when danger isn't in front of us. We're overestimating danger that's in front of us. Hmm. That makes so much sense. Like that, mm -hmm. like honestly, like it, because like yeah. you mentioned, on one hand, you have something, let's say on the smallest level where like I'll make a joke to my roommate and if he doesn't laugh at that joke... I will now continue that idea of he just didn't think a joke was funny to, well, he doesn't think I'm funny. And if he doesn't think I'm funny, then he probably doesn't like me that much. And if he doesn't like me that much, then why is he hanging out with me? Why is he living in my house? Is mm -hmm. it because of this? Is it because of that? Is it because of this? Da, da, yep. da, da. And it just like rapid fires up. And yes. Meg's pointing at her face because she's just mm -hmm. like one. We're just two peas in a pod at this point. Other than when my therapist had brought it up to me, I had never mm -hmm. thought about anxiety being in the mental health issue uh, portion of it is making something up that isn't mm -hmm. actually or exaggerating something to the point where it's not actually that bad. Um, That's exactly it. And what you and Meg have talked about, it's called catastrophizing, which ooh. essentially means like our brains, especially when we're anxious, take us to the worst possible case scenario when there's not really evidence that that's going to happen. You know, like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't think I'm funny. Like you were saying, now he wants to move out. Now he hates me. Our brain just keeps going there. Mm. And we also feed into that cycle of anxiety. And that's, that's kind of how of those day. thoughts continue to grow catastrophizing is our word of the day. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, a that's new word a, for you. That's a tongue twist right there. I had to <laughs> yes. think about how to say that. That and anticipatory. Catastrophizing mm -hmm. and anticipatory. <laughs> so uh, I've heard people say anxiety attack. I've heard people say panic attack. Is there a difference between the two? And if there is a difference between the two, how do you know which one it is? Because I don't even know if there is a difference. That's such a good question. So people often use panic attack and anxiety attack interchangeably, but there's not really such thing as an anxiety attack. Mm. When people say that, I'm not sure exactly what it is that they mean. Like, do you mean that you are experiencing racing thoughts? Are you feeling really anxious in the present moment? Like that is kind of up to like what the person is experiencing. Whereas a panic attack is something that as therapists, like that is panic disorder is something that can be diagnosed. And panic disorder is that's when someone has multiple panic attacks. So that's kind of taking it a step further. Right. But a panic attack is really a sudden kind of you get a sudden surge of intense fear and discomfort that is accompanied by certain symptoms. Mm. Like so for a panic attack to be diagnosable there, you have to meet I think it's four or five different symptoms off of a big list. And that includes things like derealization, another therapist word that you can Google, but that's what you were describing, Meg, essentially, like when you're on set and kind of 
everything like feels a little bit out of focus and it feels like there's kind of like a bubble between you and other people. Mm. That is derealization. Or you might feel like you are dying. Your heart is racing. It feels like someone's sitting on your chest and you think I'm about to die. Mm. You might think, you know, obviously this is not necessarily um, politically correct, but you might feel like you're going crazy, quote unquote, or like you're going to snap all of a sudden. And that's what makes up a panic attack. It's a sudden surge of symptoms mm. that will probably peak within a few minutes. Whereas anxiety might be something that you experience like throughout a period of time. It might right. be kind of like an underlying anxiety that you feel all of the time. A panic attack, you will know. It's kind of that like sudden onset of symptoms. Mm. So so then and not to have therapy while we're on this podcast, but that's OK. <laughs> so then when you have anxiety, right, and you're spiraling, like we had mentioned this, like, yes. we'll, we'll use Dylan as an example because he's my best friend and he and I know that he loves me no matter what. But like you have that thought of like he didn't think the joke was funny. He didn't think I was funny. And this da, 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 mm -hmm. and now if he doesn't like me, then maybe nobody likes me. If nobody likes me, then I don't really have value. And you have this moment and that thought process can happen like you like you'd kind of mentioned, like it could be a two minute. You could go through the full whole thing in a 30 second span, really set, let it sit and then have this darkness. Is that not considered a panic attack or is that a different type of panic attack or is that something completely other realm? It sounds like an anxiety spiral, but it would an really depend spiral. on what the symptoms like the what the symptoms are that the person is experiencing. So if mm. that's accompanied by derealization, a racing heart, feeling like you're going to die, it could be a panic attack. So anxiety can lead to a panic attack. We can be anxious about something and then we go into a full blown panic attack. So you can have both. Mm, this is so important. This is honestly, I, I, I'm i glad that people are listening to this, but this is really mm -hmm. just kind of me time. Um, I'm enjoying <laughs> because that's this is so informative. Like you learn so much yeah. and you can be this is firsthand. I go to therapy every other week mm -hmm. and, and you, there's some things that you'll still like be able to learn. Like you're never done learning. You never Absolutely. stop learning. Um, OK, so let, let's now that we've gone through that, I'm glad that we talked that out. I feel like when I'm not doing the work i'm going to continue using that term because that's me like going to therapy writing down like my random moments that i have that i share with my therapist later or you know asking myself the questions and doing all the exercises mm -hmm. that my therapist has taught me to do i feel like when i'm not doing those things i can tell because the same negative thoughts kind of keep coming back it's like a it's kind of like a yep. spin cycle uh, of these negative thoughts that are just back to back to back to back um mm -hmm. why does it happen and what can we do I love this question. I wish I could draw it because there's kind of like an anxious cycle, but I'll explain it to the best of my ability. So with anxiety, like I said earlier, the brain is trying to alert us of possible danger or risk, but it glitches sometimes. So your brain is coming up with all of these what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? Because it's ultimately trying to protect you. Mm. It's just on overdrive. It's overprotective. So it feeds you with those like, quote unquote, negative thoughts a little piece of like information is thoughts actually aren't positive or negative and they're not good or bad. They're just thoughts. Mm. So that's something a lot of people think, oh, I have such negative thoughts or I have all of these bad thoughts. You're just having thoughts. So the brain feeds you with those thoughts and it makes you really anxious. We tend to feed into that cycle and that's what exacerbates those thoughts and it continues to play them on loop. 
So what I mean is if you have this thought, okay, he didn't laugh. He must not think I'm funny. And it makes you anxious. You are probably doing something about that thought. You're probably ruminating to some degree, which means you are continuously thinking about that thought. Wait, does he really think I'm funny? What if he doesn't? What would that mean for me? Like you are engaging with it. And that engagement keeps those thoughts going. It fuels that cycle. I'm not even I'm not even engaging. I'm marrying that shit. I'm like having <laughs> four kids with go. it. Engagement's just the beginning on those thoughts. Yes. Exactly. So we pay so much attention to these anxious thoughts. And when we do that, we're telling our brains, yes, this actually is dangerous. Pay attention to this when it's not. Mm. So we continue to get more of those thoughts. And the work is to just let the thoughts that pop in be there. Let them loop if they will. We don't need to engage with them. We don't need Mm. to pay attention to them. And that's mindfulness work. And that's why a lot of what I do with clients is mindfulness skills training. You let thoughts be there. You don't fight with them because when we fight with thoughts and feelings, they stick around. Right. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you're anxious and you start to fight with it, oh my God, why am I anxious? This is awful. You're going to be more anxious. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. The work is to sit with it and to tolerate it. And I always tell clients like, I cannot get rid of your anxiety, Mm -hmm. but I can teach you tools to better manage your anxiety. And it's not going to impact your life as much. So thoughts and feelings... Yeah, we want to sit with them and we get to choose, is this helpful or not to engage with? Those anxious thoughts that y'all are getting, not helpful to pay attention to. So I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up, mainly because before I started actually doing the work, I was so big on fighting my thoughts. And and like Mm -hmm. I mentioned with Meg, like you shouldn't, you get to travel around the world and be on stage and do what you love. Like you don't, you are ungrateful if you have these thoughts and you don't get to really sit with them. Um, And then once you learn, you sit with them and you're like, oh, this is like, oh, that's like, you can name them if you want. You'd be like, oh, that's That's Todd. Todd is just chilling for a bit. He'll leave in a second. He just needs to come and say what's up. Those thoughts are so, when they're, when they're just kind of those here and there thoughts, you know, like, oh, this person didn't think that joke was funny. And it's like, ah, some people don't think things are funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of things are funny. So we'll just kind of let him chill. And then when he goes, he'll go. I, I would like to step before we kind of uh, come out of it and we talk a little bit more positively. I do want to talk about, because it's a very real thing, mm-hmm. let's call them the scary thoughts, the the more taboo thoughts that we don't like. I don't even like saying some of the thoughts that I've had. And I know you've referred to them as taboo thoughts before. Um what about those? Yes. You know, what are, like, such, honestly, this is a this is me asking <laughs> uh, as extra free therapy. This is such a great question. Every single person on this planet has intrusive thoughts. OK, people with OCD get an influx of intrusive thoughts like rapidly that are often of a taboo nature. And that's what differentiates OCD from generalized anxiety disorder, because with generalized anxiety, people get intrusive thoughts as well. But it's more about real life concerns, finances, an upcoming performance, work, friendships, whereas people with OCD have intrusive thoughts that pop in that are very disturbing and very irrational. They're unrealistic. And as a therapist, like what I would say is they're ego dystonic, which means they're so opposite to what the person like knows of themselves. So for me, for instance, when I was 19, I started getting unwanted sexual intrusive thoughts about the last people I would ever want to have those thoughts about. It was so horrifying and uncomfortable. 
And then I performed compulsions to try to figure out why I was having these thoughts and to prevent like something bad from happening because they were so scary to me. So yeah, we all have the occasional like sexual intrusive thought or harm intrusive thought. Like what if I just threw myself in front of the subway? But for people with OCD, it's on loop all day long. Imagine that horrible thought. Like, you know, what if I just stab my partner in her sleep? People with OCD experience that nonstop, popping in, popping in, popping in. So that's kind of where the more like taboo intrusive thoughts would become a diagnosis. We need to have a whole episode about OCD tomorrow. Like we like we got to set that yeah. up, Catherine, because there's mm-hmm. so much to unpack and I don't want to at all pass that off and, and kind of keep moving forward. So I do want to preface this change of subjects as a we are absolutely coming back to that because we need to figure out there's a whole lot to unpack. And I think like you had mentioned, you had said that that's an OCD thought. And in my mind, like in my wildly uneducated in this realm mind, I thought OCD was just like keeping your room clean. And like you know, oh, like that's gosh. like, that's kind yep. of the stigma around it. Uh, and so mm-hmm. absolutely are having another episode um, with you if you'll have us um, about this exact thing. We'll get a little more positive. Um, and that positivity is that like I am glad that therapy is now starting to become more of a kind of cool, not cool thing, but like a very like normal thing. People are like, oh, yeah, I got therapy. And nobody's like, oh, are you good? Like people are just like, oh, I got therapy. And they're like, oh, that's sick. I'm glad you're doing that. I could oh. probably use that. That's really like the biggest response to anybody from anybody who I talk to who doesn't go to therapy, the most common response now, and I love it, is like people are like, oh, dope, I should probably go to therapy. And then I respond back with like, you absolutely should. Everybody should. It's great. I think Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum was like the first one who was like, yeah, go to therapy. Everybody should go to therapy. I remember watching this, t- uh, this Twitter video. I think I've actually brought it up on this show before. But I'm I'm glad that it's being more widely accepted. But I think now you're at this new because before it was like this big stigma, right? Of like if you go to therapy, you're weak, or if you go to therapy, you're psychotic, or or whatever have you. Now there's this kind of new stigma. I'm very fortunate that my therapist didn't believe that I need to take medications to kind of handle my mental health issues. Uh, but there are a lot of people who do get prescribed medications for mental health and there's also a lot of people and there's a huge stigma around that medication whether you actually need it whether it's good for you whether it's bad for you um can you speak to that and your thoughts on uh, on maybe why it is and if you think that there should be a stigma oh yeah people are so misinformed about medication and i think a lot of it comes from like the stigma surrounding mental health And when people think about taking medication, one of the most common things I hear is it's weak. You don't need it. You should just be able to do the work and get through it. It's like it's a weakness. And the reality is that people have brains that are wired differently. You know, me with OCD, my brain is wired very differently than someone without OCD, which Mm -hmm. means I need medication to get my brain kind of to a more quote unquote normal level. And it's interesting because we would never look at someone who has cancer, who's getting chemotherapy and say, you're weak, you don't need that. Or somebody who is diabetic and takes insulin. We don't do that, but we do that with psychiatric medication and that's because of stigma. Mm. And I also think that it's like when people say, oh, it's weak or, oh, you don't need it. It's just the easy way out. It comes from people being misinformed because taking medication is often a very complex and difficult decision for people. 
Mm. Medication can affect your sex life. Like I often say to clients, you might have to choose between your sex life or your sanity. And that's really difficult. And it can impact. I mean, you might have side effects from the medication. Mm. So it's not an easy decision to make. In addition to like, it is still stigmatized, sadly, which just it's awful because it can save lives. You know, it saved my life. It helps so many of my clients. And Mm. I hope that we can continue to destigmatize it because it's very necessary for a lot of people. Mm. I love that. I mean, I'm going to go back to what one of my one of my really good friends, Ron, um, who's been on this show says, and he's like, look, when your mouth hurts, you go to the dentist, he tells you that your uh, wisdom teeth are coming in, he takes the wisdom teeth out. And then he says, hey, you got to take this Vicodin or else your mouth is really going to hurt. And you don't bat an eye. Right. But then when you go when you're having mental health issues, what you're supposed to do is you go to a doctor who can help you with that. Right. Mm-hmm. The same way that you go to a doctor with your arms broken or you're getting your wisdom teeth out. And then they'll tell you what you got to do. And and mm-hmm. it is it is pretty interesting that we mindlessly say yes to everything else. But when it comes to our own brains, we're pretty picky on that. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. But I do want to, as I always like to do, finish it on a very high note mm-hmm. um, and have somebody, Meg and I have both attested to when you do the work and, you, and you're and you open about it and you can talk about it and you can deal with it regularly, you let those thoughts sit with you, it does get better. And so having two people who aren't therapists say it, I would love to also have you jump in on your firsthand experience of helping people who get it and the amount of people who come in and it gets better versus the amount of people who, and I can't imagine, come into therapy, do all of the work, and it gets somehow worse. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that it, it gets much better. That's exactly it. And I love that you say do the work because that is the exact phrase that I use with my clients. You have to do the work to get better. So you're on top of that. And if a client is doing the work, they more often than not get better. There are going to be clients who have stickier brains or they have more severe cases, and it might not be as simple as just do the work. Right. You know, sometimes certain therapies don't work on specific people, but if you can access therapy, I want to preface that because I know that some people can't. If you can access therapy and you do the work, it can get, I mean, night and day. I Mm. see so many of my clients and I witnessed in my own therapy journey, if you do the work, your life can significantly change and you can live a really meaningful, beautiful life with anxiety or any other mental health condition. There is hope. It is not hopeless and you are not weird. You are not crazy. You are just a human being who has a brain. And sometimes that means we struggle. Mm. I love that. That's a, a an incredible place to take a break. Um, but when we come back, Meg's coming back in with us, and we're going to be talking about this mandatory anxiety that you were telling us about. So don't go anywhere. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com 
Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We are back. This is Let's Get Into It, and we are talking about mandatory anxiety. I got Meg. I got Allegra. We are here. So you had actually brought it up, Allegra, um, mm-hmm. in our segment where you said mandatory anxiety. Our brains are actually wired to have anxiety, to make sure um, my therapist says risk analysis. That's what our brains do. They mm-hmm. do risk analysis across the board. Like it's always like, OK, if I jump off, if you're on a diving board and you're going into a pool, you go, OK, the pool's deep enough, right? OK, the pool's deep enough. And you do this in like a micro second or whatever of like this is ready to go. We can do this. Whereas if you're looking down and you see rocks. Uh, most of the time, I'd like to imagine a, a predominant amount of the time you're looking down, you're like, okay, don't do that. That's bad idea. Risk analysis, big risk, big risk. It seems like today's world is designed for everybody to get anxious. I mean, you have media everywhere. You have everything on level 10 saturation in the, in the sense of like how important and big and must know everything is. You got doom and gloom news stories. You have clickbait on social media, everything about the world ending. It's absolute sensory overload. How do we balance ourselves? That's a good question. I think that there are so many ways to answer this, but two things that I always talk to clients about are like sitting with our feelings, but not necessarily letting our feelings make decisions for us. So letting it be okay that you're anxious, but moving toward your values. So living a very values-based life, Mm. even if you have anxiety, because anxiety can often keep us from living the life that we want. It can impact our decision-making, our relationships. I mean, really anything. So the work is, okay, if I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to tolerate it, but I'm still going to live the life that I want to live. Mm. Values-based living is so, so big with anxiety disorders. Wow. That's a mm-hmm. that's such an interesting way to look at it. Mm-hmm. The, it. It reminds me of what you had said in our segment before about like living with it, like letting those thoughts sit and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, hey, this is my friend, anxiety. He's just going to hang out for a bit. He'll probably leave in a little bit later. <laughs> that's just it. like let him, you know, it, it's, it's really to me like that visualization yeah. has been just it's so clear and it's so helpful to me to really kind of put it almost putting a face on it and being like, mm-hmm. hey, this is anxiety you can call him ang for short i don't know and uh, <laughs> and and it's gonna live here for a little bit or it's gonna stay over sometimes he sleeps over at the end of the day he always leaves and he always mm-hmm. you're always fine mm-hmm. afterwards flipping that around though having anxiety living with anxiety it sucks a lot of the time but then there's also like mm-hmm. some pretty good positives like i think I, for me like i think that having that anxiety of of always wondering what other people are thinking it does help my compassion a lot Uh, It makes me a very empathetic person. I think that it really helps me cater to the needs of of people who are very important to me. I was raised with the golden rule of treat others how you want to be treated. And because my brain overthinks things and I would wish people would consistently give me assurance, I give other people assurance. And I've been told that that's something that's very, very positive about me or helpful in my relationships and my friendships and my daily dealings. Meg, what about you? What, What about your anxiety have you 
either identified or made uh, a positive to you? Um, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, really putting others first, it's helped my like empathy a lot. Going back to the, like just letting anxiety just kind of like sit there. I feel like days where I get a lot of sleep, I can really, I mean, I feel like getting a lot of sleep for anything, for anyone, like no matter what you're going through is definitely really helpful. And I also know that mental disorders can also like, you know, cause lack of sleep, but getting mm. as much sleep as possible, or at least just rest. Like I notice those days, cause some days Aang will come knocking at my door and I'll be like, bye, <laughs> like leave. And then I'm like, yo, that was easy. Like I just, I like kicked him, like, let's go. And then some days I, it's harder for me. And I notice those days are when I'm really tired because my body is kind of at like a low level already. So then when Aang comes knocking, I don't have the defense mechanism to be like, yo, like get out. <laughs> and then also when I'm on social media a lot too, I think. Right, that, right. Mm. That definitely doesn't help. Social media is amazing, but like monitoring it is definitely really helpful. But um, yeah, I think it's helped my empathy a lot. It made me stronger you, as a person for sure. Boom. There you go. There mm. you go. Yeah. I think in general, like you had mentioned, though, getting enough sleep is really good to help. You've also talked about like breathing techniques. You've talked about yes. physically relaxing your muscles. There's so many ways. And, and, and I want to point at something that you had said earlier, which was like exercising, go out and exercise was one of your bits of advice. I mm -hmm. feel like there's some kind of actual science behind exercising and and like either relaxing your thoughts or bringing happiness in your body. Allegra, do you have it? Is there any like factual statistics or anything that like actually makes exercising a great way to combat any mental illness, but specifically like negative thoughts or anxiety? Yeah. So typically when people are anxious, you kind of feel a little bit restless and you feel like there's a lot of tension. And mm. so physical exercise can kind of help alleviate some of that. Also, when we exercise, it sends off endorphins and those endorphins, like those chemicals help us feel better, mm. essentially. Like we feel a little bit happier. So that is kind of like the science behind exercise would be the endorphins, possibly serotonin. I'm not a, like an expert on this, but that would be why people typically feel better after exercising. Hmm. Look at that. See, yeah. guys, it's not just abs you're fighting for. You're fighting for happiness. Oh, no, it's mental health. Absolutely. Mental abs. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about <laughs> mental abs right here, guys. Um, to fight off Aang, you know. To, yes. to fight off Aang. I mean, that's going to just live forever now. His name is yes. Aang. Yeah. He's kind of a shitty house guest, but he always <laughs> mm -hmm. he always leaves if you give him the cold shoulder. Yeah. Um, so as three people here who uh, have been open about their mental health issues um, and have been open and we're learning now what panic attacks actually are, are there any ways that you guys have learned um, specifically for yourselves, just in case there's a listener out there who hasn't found their way to ward off a panic attack or maybe even an anxiety spiral or even just dark thoughts in general? Just any any practices you do to set your mind at ease if you're having those cyclical thoughts? Very, very specific to me. I always listen to Bob Marley <laughs> when specifically waiting in vain. It's always queued up. Like sometimes Ooh. like my friends will... Like I'll I'll be in the room and I'll just hear the song in the distance and I'm like ah like <laughs> you know me so it really helps I don't know why it's just I mean Bob Marley is such a calming it you know makes me feel like I'm at the beach and 
all of his songs are almost like, you know, don't worry, everything's going to work out, like you're good. So just hearing those thoughts all the time is just like, you know, helps me get through it. And it kind of prevents that. And also breathing. Um, you know, it's very silly to say, but when you're going through it, sometimes you forget to breathe. <laughs> it's like kind of like one of the simple things to do. But, you know, you don't realize that you're catching your breath. Like if you it helps so much. Like when people are like, yo, just breathe. And you take like an, a large inhale and exhale like it, man, it does wonders. I don't know why. This is a total side note. Um, yeah. The Zoom audio quality was so bad that at first I genuinely thought you said breeding. Like B-R-E-E-D-I-N-G. And then in my mind, I said, there's no way she said breeding. She meant reading, like reading a book. And then as you continued talking, I heard, I realized you said breathing. And I was yeah. like, oh, so for the first half of your statement, I was genuinely confused like, at what, what you do to stay, to stay just positive and happy. Yeah, um, no, Allegra, just breed. It's good. <laughs> just breathe. Just go for it. Have a child. Um, have a child. Allegra, <laughs> what about you? And you can also include things that you have, um, anything that you either go through on a daily basis that you help ward off your negative thoughts or your spirals or, or your attacks um, or anything that you tell your clients. Yeah. Acceptance is a big word that I use with clients. And acceptance doesn't mean that we like what we're experiencing. It doesn't mean that we agree with what we're experiencing, but it means that we are going to allow it. Mm. So with panic attacks, anxiety, intrusive thoughts, acceptance is huge. Letting it happen, letting it be there and existing with it. Because typically when people are panicking, they start to fight with it because it's so scary. They feel like they're mm. dying. And that fighting with it exacerbates the panic attack. Think of it kind of like if you're caught in a riptide in the ocean. I'm not sure if that's ever happened to you. Oh, but yeah. typically people, yeah, and you start to fight with it and it keeps pulling you under. But when you just accept that you're in a riptide and you kind of just surrender to the sea, you're going to get out of it. So acceptance is huge. Acceptance of what it is that you're experiencing. Mm. And then also staying in the present moment. Anxiety and panic often want to bring us to the what if, all of those horrible catastrophic things in the future. I want my clients to stay in the what is. What actually is happening Ooh. right now. Yes. What is actually happening you know, you haven't lost your job right now. You haven't, your partner hasn't broken up with you. What is actually happening? What is happening is your, I don't know, partner didn't respond to your text. That's what actually happened. We don't know anything about the future. So staying in the present moment is really helpful. Mm. Wow. What if versus what is? That's wild. Mm -hmm. That's some wild. Yeah. That's some wild therapist jargon right there. Mm -hmm. Um we are very pro therapy, as I've, I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast um, can assume. Uh, very pro therapy here. And let's get into it. I'm very pro therapy. And all three of us have been in therapy. And I think even though it's getting more common, I want to continue just making it the most normal thing in the world that people go to therapy. Uh, and so I want to ask you guys one sentence. Why? do you go to therapy? My answer is super easy and it's kind of the opposite of what the stigma is, is therapy makes me feel normal. It makes me feel like I am normal and that's so sick. Meg, what about you? What is one reason that you go to therapy? That's so true. I agree with you. I think just being able to talk to someone who is just non-biased, just there 
to mm. help you and to be there for you because you know sometimes you go to your loved ones and they'll be like oh everything's fine you're like you're lying to me because you're my mom you know what i mean <laughs> but these yeah. people they don't know you they're they're just helping you and and they're educated and they know exactly what they're talking about and they know how to help you and i mm. think that's so it makes me feel so comforted and like you said normal you know mm-hmm. allegra why do you go to therapy and why should other people go to therapy and not just so that you make more money uh, just very, kidding. I'm just kidding. Point. I'm kidding. So my, what I really want to say is because I love my therapist, Lori, I'm also going to shout her out, like literally my favorite human. But why I actually go to therapy is, uh, honestly to keep, I mean, therapy saved my life. I guess that's my sentence. Therapy mm. saved my life and it continues to help me through every different stage of my mental health and my life. So I will be in therapy for the rest of my life. Yeah. Hands down. That. Twice a week. I love it. Go to therapy. If you're listening to this and you mm -hmm. haven't gone to therapy, go to therapy. And if you're listening to this and you have gone to therapy, go to therapy. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It really, really means a lot. Um, we have one final segment and it is called Not So Shameless Promo. It's where you get to just say, you get to say everything that you want people to know about you. You know, I'll start. I got a movie coming out soon. It's called Finding Ohana. Woo! amazing and then you can just say your socials you could do all of that stuff um so meg take it away tell us where we can find you tell us what's coming get us excited oh man um my instagram is just meg donnelly my twitter is i meg donnelly well, season five of american housewife is still airing um going Woo. strong just vibing Let's go. fun and yeah i've been during this whole entire year i've been making music so stay tuned for more music on the way mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think that's it that's all i got there ask. we go <laughs> allegra what you got for us so i am moving to new york in less than a week and i'm going to start a practice there which i'm super excited about yeah and yeah i'm so so excited about it and i, I see clients across the like world by the way like in other countries as well so most of my clients i see via telehealth but i am going to start a practice in new york too you can find me on instagram at obsessively ever after or my website is just my first and last name allegracastins.com love that Woo! i love that y'all are pros you guys are pro promoters <laughs> you know you can find me at alex iono a-i-o-n-o it's the best part about having a weird last name uh, but more importantly than following me make sure you rate our podcast and subscribe that is how we grow we've almost been recording this podcast recording not dropping for a year and that's crazy wow. to me that is amazing that we've been going at this for a whole year awesome. now and i'm so grateful that you've been on this process with us so make sure you subscribe make sure you rate our podcast if you want leave a nice little leave a nice little review for us as well uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for listening i love you guys we'll talk to you next time peace We really want you to get the help you need. So if you need help, please seek independent advice from a competent healthcare or mental health professional. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, counseling, or therapy. Listening to the podcast does not establish doctor-patient relationship with hosts or guests of Alex Iono, Let's Get Into It, or iHeartMedia. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Woof, that's a doozy. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles 
and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.